We're going to talk about Gary Patterson today. I feel like that's enough of a tease to keep you here. So it's coming up next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. So uh, you can subscribe to our channel on YouTube. I'd appreciate if you do that. We're close to 600 subscribers. I know I've been saying that for a while. We're seven subscribers away. Once we get there, I'll shut up about that. And then I'll talk about our next milestone when we get close to it. But anyway, you can subscribe on YouTube. We're also available wherever you get your podcast in its audio form. Uh, so Gary Patterson was let go by TCU in, during the middle of the 2021 season. I know you guys know that. You might say, Stephen, that's a stupid thing to say. We all understand that. I get it. I have largely not talked about GP uh, since the Sunny Dykes era started for obvious reasons. Sunny's here. We moved on. Obviously, last year was a fantastic season. First year in the Sunny Dykes era was so much better than anyone really could have imagined. Um, and so new regime, they're getting their recruiting classes, getting their own transfers now. We've all moved on. But I'm going to revisit something today or just talk about something today that I find interesting. Because one thing that Gary did well, even at the end of his tenure, was identify talent. Now, developing talent didn't happen. And we'll discuss you know, some of the reasons behind that. But TCU had eight players drafted in this year's draft, which is insane. Um, most players drafted by school in the 2023 draft. Alabama and Georgia had 10. Michigan had nine. TCU had eight. So you're looking at those four schools at the top. Alabama, obviously, still one of the premier programs in college football. Um, Georgia, we know about Georgia. Michigan, the team TCU beat in the playoff. And then TCU, playoff team. And so I think some of those guys that got picked got picked because of what Sonny Dykes did. I don't think Max Duggan gets drafted unless Sonny Dykes comes in and turns him into a Heisman finalist, right? Like Max had been a three-year starter. It hadn't really worked out from a win-loss standpoint to this point. He was very inconsistent. I don't feel like he's drafted unless Sonny comes in. And even then he was a seventh-round pick, but he still is getting an opportunity now <clears throat> with the L.A. Chargers. And there are some other guys like Darius Davis might be drafted just because he's so fast. And people could use them on special teams. I think Kendra Miller gets picked. D Winters is a guy that I feel like made himself some money this year with what he did in Joe Gillespie's defense, especially in that playoff game against Michigan. But I do find this interesting. Um, eight players picked, and I was looking at you know like these two four seven ratings for these players. And what got me on this rabbit trail was. Yesterday, Jacob Langford commented on our YouTube video, and you can always chime in on YouTube. I appreciate when you guys have thoughts, or you can tweet at me. I'm at SimcoxSteven on Twitter. But Jacob Langfield or Jacob Langford was one of our commenters on YouTube yesterday. He said it's also worth noting that Zach Evans and Oshawn Mathis were drafted, meaning that ten guys from that mediocre 2021 team got picked, which is wild. They were five and seven in 2021, and we've talked about this before. 
that was a team that sometimes you're five and seven or six and six or whatever. And you look back at the season and you go, man, just a couple plays away from being eight and four, nine and three, young team, getting better, just figuring out how to win, got to close out these close games. That was not the case in 2021. I don't want to rehash it too much because you guys know the story. They got blown up by K-State. They got blown up by West Virginia at home. They couldn't stay with anybody. They got blown up by Oklahoma State. There were a lot of games that were just simply not close. And that team fell apart, and that's why they had the coaching change. Ten players drafted. One, it is hilarious that Kendra Miller was drafted before Zach Evans. Or just ironic. I don't know. Whatever word you want to use. Good for Kendra Miller for getting it done. And I have nothing against Zach Evans. Like, he came for all intents and purposes. He did what he was supposed to do. Um, He handled his business here. I wish he would have gotten more carries. I wish he wouldn't have checked himself out of games at times. Um, I don't really – I didn't pay a ton of attention to what he did at Ole Miss. I know they had a stud freshman running back who sort of carried the load. I don't know if he was – you know, more willing to stay in games when he was there in the SEC or not. But Zach and his people seemed to make a conscious choice that they were not going to put a lot of miles on him in college football. And he's super talented, and he could go on to have a really good NFL career. I think he has that type of talent. But we'll see what happens. But anyway, Zach did eventually get drafted. Kendra got drafted by the Saints, though, um, before he did, which is just funny because if you look at, you know, their – ratings coming in and all that you would not have expected um that zach evans would be a six round pick by the rams and that kendra would be a third round pick by the saints but yes to jacob's point zach evans and ocean mathis got both got picked that means that 10 players off that 2021 team got picked 10 players off that 2020 team that went six and four um and went five and four in big 12 play and was that was a better group but it still wasn't fantastic. But one thing that Gary did well, even when things were falling apart, was he was good at identifying talent. Now, developing it obviously didn't do a fantastic job at that. Or maybe I should say maximizing the talent on the roster and getting results. That was what was coming up short. The offense was a mess. There was an identity there, right? The defense really started to fall apart. At, in his final season. And the 2021 class um, is pretty much all gone now. I will say that, too. The recruiting class he brought in 2021, pretty much all those guys have transferred. Some of the big names, Sam Jackson, he left. Landon Watson left this af- this offseason. Alexander Hoyne, he left this offseason. Uh, Noah Belitkoff, he's gone. A few of the guys that are left, Jasper Lott's still there. Trent Battle has gotten some run. Abe Kamara has gotten some opportunities. Some of the transfers from that class, like Chandler Morris, he'll be the starting quarterback this year. Uh, Shad Banks, he'll be a starting wide receiver this season. So there's still some holdovers. But by and large, a lot of that class has been cleared out. And that's not necessarily surprising because um, new coaching staff, that was the last class of the old coaching staff. It just didn't mesh. We'll take a quick break because I'm over my limit here. And then I'll kind of get to my, my overall point, which I feel like I haven't expressed super well yet. But we'll continue to talk recruiting, development, what it means for Sunny Dykes and company moving forward. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. Uh, the official betting sponsor of the NBA. The NBA playoffs are going on right now. I am so stoked for this Lakers-Warriors series. The Nuggets are up 2-0 on the Suns. I think it's pretty funny. I'm sorry if you're a Suns fan, but I do think it's kind of hilarious that they went and got Kevin Durant and they still might not get out of the second round. That's because I'm a bitter Dallas Mavericks fan. 
But if you want to bet on these games, you can go to FanDuel. They have a uh, safe and secure app that's really easy to use. You can also take advantage of this deal that's going on. Bonus bets, right? So put as little as a $5 bet down, and if you miss on it, then you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. To take advantage of their bonus bets deal, you can do it on the app. You can do it online. You can bet money lines, parlays, prop bets, whatever you're interested in, whatever you'd like to get into. FanDuel makes it available. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, proud sponsor of the Lockdown Network. Okay, so we're talking about recruiting and development, and I think it is interesting at how Gary and his staff were able to identify talent even towards the end of their tenure. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm concerned about this moving forward because obviously Sonny Dykes is doing a great job of bringing in talent through the transfer portal. Um, I think the, the guys that are part of this 2024 class right now especially Haas Haney, are high upside players, and they're in the mix with a lot of, you know, four- and five-star talents that usually they wouldn't get the time of day from. Guys like Bryant Wesco, the wide receiver from Midlothian, guys like Colin Simmons, the defensive end, edge player from Duncanville. But you look at the recruiting profiles of these eight players that got picked, and, yeah, you have some – like, you have some guys like Quentin Johnson was a four-star talent. Um was one of the best wide receivers in the state, was a Texas commit. TCU flips him late in the process. Day one starter. I mean, an absolute stud from the beginning. Max Duggan, four-star prospect. And, I mean, he got a lot of offers from teams like Georgia, Arizona State, Iowa, Ohio State. Max was another guy that was highly recruited, highly sought after. TCU landed him. But he ended up thriving in Sonny's offense. And I think Quentin Johnston – also took a huge step forward in Sonny's offense. And then you look at what Kendra Miller did. Three-star recruit. Um, Gary brings him in. He was supposed to be a linebacker at UTSA. He ends up late in the process flipping to TCU. He has a good couple seasons um, with the staff there. Zach Evans leaves. He becomes a true number one. And Sonny Dykes turns him into a big-time number one running back. So you see what I'm getting at here. Yes, Gary and his staff were great at identifying talent. Sonny really took these players to the next level. I think Quentin is could be a round one pick, even without what happened this season. But it would have been really tricky because he didn't show all the skills and the tools with that upside that he has and those physical gifts he has until Sonny took over this offense. Darius Davis, three-star recruit, athlete out of Louisiana. You look at his offer list. Arkansas State, Army, Ball State, Jackson State. So not big-time schools. Smaller player, you know, 5'9", 160 pounds, coming out of high school, um, and just had amazing speed, amazing ability to break out. TCU has a great track record of taking guys like that and making them stars, and he was another player that seemed to take off in this new offensive system. Travius Hodges was a, a safety in high school, um, at Midway down there in the Waco area, uh, ends up at TCU, three-star prospect, not a huge heralded name, but develops into a Thorpe Award winner and a great player. D. Winters, um, you know, three-star talent out of high school, listed as a safety. Um, he had a good offer list, Arizona State, Arkansas, Houston, Northwestern, but really thrived this season. 
Dylan Horton is just a crazy story. Like, I don't know how many stories you'll see like him in NFL history, but safety that commits to New Mexico ends up transferring to TCU, puts on a lot of weight, and becomes a, you know, a great player, um, a great edge player, good pass rusher, and gets picked in the fourth round. Steve Avila, three-star prospect out of high school, had a pretty good offer list, Kansas State, North Texas, Utah, UTSA. Um, turns out to be one of the great interior offensive linemen. And he was playing really well before the new staff showed up. But here's why I'm excited about Sonny Dykes and the staff moving forward. Both offensively and defensively, you saw guys take a huge step forward this year. Like he made Quentin Johnson money. He made Max Duggan some money. He made Darius Davis and Kendra Miller some money by highlighting them in a you know coherent offense that made a point of getting them the ball in space, allowing them to make plays, and taking their talent to the next level. And even defensively. I mean, Travis Hodges Tomlinson was a great player, but he ends up being a Thorpe Award winner in Joe Gillespie's defense. You see guys like D. Winters use their athleticism really well and find ways to, to make plays. Dylan Horton, um, late in the year, becomes a bona fide pass rusher that can get to the quarterback, make some huge plays in the Michigan game, and his draft stock rises. Yes, the exposure of being in the national championship game and being in the playoff helped, but as good as, you know, Gary Staff was at finding those kind of diamonds in the rough, and he did that for years. And I know he would kind of get testy about that because he would say, well, we just found good players. But as great as he was at finding good players that had potential um, and maybe didn't get all the attention from big-name schools, what you saw Sonny Dykes do in year one from a development standpoint is really, really special. And now if you're getting more talented players out of high school or players with high upside out of high school – I'm super excited to see what they're going to do, especially on the offensive side of the ball with guys like Kendall Bryles, you know, manning the ship and leading this offense, but defensively as well as they continue to sort of move forward with Joe Gillespie. I'm stoked to see what they can do as far as developing talent and making um, really good players. And from a recruiting standpoint, yes, NIL is important. Winning is important. But one of the biggest things you can sell because all these guys are trying to make it to the next level. A lot of them won't, but that's their that's their dream. That's the hope. They want to make it to the NFL. And so what a great thing that Coach Dykes and company can sell to those recruits saying, hey, we just put eight guys in the NFL. And, yeah, there's a lot of talent on this roster, but eight players probably don't get drafted unless we make a run like we did the national championship game and showcase the skills of these players in a big way. Um, and so that's just a really cool thing to look forward to as we continue the Sunny Dykes era. When we come back, TCU baseball bounce back. They get a victory against Texas on Monday. Um, and so we'll break that down and more next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. So TCU baseball fighting for their postseason lives. Um, they did salvage that series against Texas on Monday. Bats got going. Uh, Curtis Byrne had a big three-run home run. They ended up scoring 15 runs. They beat the Horns 15-7. to they play again tonight against UT Regrand Valley at home and then have a three-game series against Cal State Fullerton. So this is a long homestand. Three-game series against Cal State Fullerton and then a three-game series next weekend against Baylor. Eight home games coming up. Really got to find a way to go 7-1 and one or 8-0. And, oh, um, and then hopefully you can take two out of three from Kansas State and Manhattan. And then at that point, I think you're in pretty good shape 
for the NCAA tournament. But they are now 8-10 and 10 in conference play with six conference games to go. Got to find a way to get that conference record over 500. Hopefully they can do that. Uh, I did hear Kirk Sarlu say Monday that Cole Klecker and Luis Rodriguez have earned the right to be in the starting rotation moving forward. So that appears to be your one-two. That third spot is still up from grabs. Um, they tried Steven Stoutenberg yesterday. That didn't go super well. I think it's going to be kind of a mash up bullpen unit um, on Sundays moving forward. And that's, you know, that's not the best news in the world. Um, and especially if you end up making a regional, you really need four pitchers that you can count on. But that's just where they're at right now. And that's kind of the situation that they have moving forward. Um, a couple other things from, from the YouTube comments. So Zoom Play said DC was in the top tier schools with most of the draft. Uh, yeah, we I talked about that in the last segment. And he says, I'm a huge Chargers fan now. It's official. I'm a Rams fan, 49ers and Saints fan. Got to support the Frogs. Where is Wes Harris? Yeah, good question. Wes Harris, to my knowledge, has not been invited to a camp or made it as a U, uh, undrafted free agent, which kind of surprised me because um, he was a, a starter all year last year, dealt with some injuries. But um, I'll see if I can get some more information on Wes today. But as far as I know, yeah, he's he's not been picked up by anybody. Um, and I also would love to know how many of you guys, if you want to comment here, or hit me up on YouTube, how many of you guys are Charger fans now? Because I'm a Cowboys fan, and so that's, you know, my NFL allegiance. But I'm really interested in what the Bolts are doing now that they have all these TCU players. And I was wondering if any more casual NFL fans are like, well, I'm just going to hop on the Chargers bandwagon because they have all these TCU players. That'll be funny to see how that plays out over the next few years. Uh, this is Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Steven Simcox. I hope you guys have a good one.